All right, so here's the deal. I've got a lot of content today, a lot of recruiting content, but can we all admit here that regardless of what we get to today, nothing is going to surpass what we heard no more than an hour ago from Mike Steely on these exact airwaves? Are we all good with that? Can we all accept that at the beginning of uh, Locked In today? I mean, that was, I got to say, man, he exceeded my expectations singing live on the air. I was pretty impressed with Mike Steely. Now, here's the thing, though. Is it the best live rendition that I've ever heard on the ref? Well, that's what we're going to decide here in the next few minutes, okay? And for those of you that didn't hear it last hour, Mike Steely sang uh, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot. Can we hear a, a little bit of that, please, real quick, uh, for people that didn't hear it? Here's Mike Steely an hour ago. Legend lives on from the Chippewan down in the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. It's not bad. I gotta say, it's not bad. But he's not the first person I've ever heard sing on the ref before. So here's the deal. You don't know who these two next voices are. I have them labeled Mystery Voice 1 and Mystery Voice 2. And with your help and the text line as well, we're going to figure out the real winner of the ref Scott Talon, okay? So there's Mike Steely, all right? How about mystery voice number one? Take me to church. I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your life. I'll tell you my sins so you can sharpen your knife. Offer me that death instead. Good God, let me give you my life. Take me to church. Teddy Lehman singing Take Me to Church. Yeah, I was going to say, not hard to figure out who that one is. Uh, How about mystery voice number two? And let me just say this. I don't don't think that you're ready for this. Parker, I don't think that you know that it exists. Mystery voice number two is... Say I'm crazy. Oh, no. (laughs) Because you don't think I know what you've done. But when you call me baby, (laughs) I know. I'm not the only one. You know who this is, right? Don't we all? Pretty obvious. What do you think? You say I'm crazy. Oh my gosh, I can't get enough of this. I yeah. Oh yeah, there's about 50 more seconds. Just hang on. I know what you've done. But when you call me baby, I know I'm not the only one. All right, there you go, Ref <laughs> Army. The three contestants in the Ref's Got Talent. Do you text in A, Mike Steely, B, Ted Lehman, C, James Hale for the winner of the Ref Scott Talents? Who is your uh, selection after hearing all three? <laughs> you weren't ready for that, were you? No, I, 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 was not. I, I said I, I'm not sure that you're ready for this. I, I didn't think I've ever shown you or, or let you listen to that before. Uh, yeah, I think that caught everyone by surprise. Who Who's the winner of the Ref Scott talent before we look at the text line that's blowing up right now? <laughs> the text line is very divided. There are votes for all three. <laughs> do, do we need each three to sing an additional song and then decide it on a later date? Is is this what is this what the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line needs? Because I I mean there I I can't even keep up with everything that's going on right now. If I say Steely, is it recency bias? It's it's not. It was good, man. Hey, I'll say this. 
Uh, which is the more hilarious one? I think you can make a case for all three, especially C on that list. But who is actually the best singer? Like Mike, obviously is is the best at. Yes. Uh, at, at, I mean, that's not really all that close. But is it hard not to pick B or even C in this scenario? Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? It really is. Call it recency bias, but Steelman wins the prize. Uh, 817 says, we're all losers. Chuck says, Steel Man. Jesse G says, tough call between A and B. Going to go with Steely. C-A-B says, Greg and Lawton. Camo Sooner, is this the ref idol? Hey, here's Gutty, one. I got to go with Steely. Man. Here's one. I need a live duet of Teddy and Bob Stoops today before I can decide. Oh, yeah. Bob might be in a mood to sing after uh, winning the uh, South Division title on Saturday Hey, Steely night. was negotiating for a Steely-exclusive bottle of rock and roll tequila, so see if you can broker that deal with Bob. 501 says, Teddy sounds like how Muleshoe called plays with a lead. Absolute dog, and then a four-letter word. <laughs> Follows it after that. I, I, uh, I, think, I think Steely is, is getting the win here. There's not... There's not as many James Hale votes as I thought that there would be, um, but I think Mike Steely uh, is wins the the refs got talent. So I don't know if we need to get him a a trophy or a guitar signed by James Hale or what we need to do, but I I think it's safe to say that Mike Steely is the winner of the refs got talent. So congratulations, Mike. You talked about it for 45 minutes singing a song today. You finally did, and it was uh, <laughs> it was it was radio gold. That's for sure. Uh, I guess on to more serious matters, I did say that we have a lot of recruiting content. It happened after we were off the air yesterday, but Grayson Harris uh, did indeed commit to OU. Second commit of the 2025 class. My question is, how much did your quarterback commit in 2025 help out with this wide receiver commit yesterday? Was it a big deal, or was this more about Emmett Jones than anything? Yeah, not that much, to be honest. And Kevin Sperry will have a ton of influence with some of the other targets in the class of 2025 for Oklahoma, and he and Grayson Harris do have a relationship. But at its essence, this is about Emmett Jones. Emmett Jones was the first coach ever to offer Grayson Harris when he was on staff at Kansas, continued pursuing him when he made the move to Texas Tech, and then when Emmett came to Oklahoma in January, Harris was a guy that he zeroed in on very early on in the 2025 class. So Emmett did an awesome job stewarding this relationship, and once Grayson got the baseball offer, and he told me as much uh, in the commitment interview on OUinsider.com, he said, look, once I had the baseball offer, that's when it was officially a done deal. So we need to give uh, Skip Johnson some credit, too, today on Locked In is what you're saying. There we go. Let's give him some partial credit for helping uh, Grayson Harris uh, commit to this class. Which, by the way, since this is OU's second commit in 2025, at least for a brief second, I said, okay, I'm just interested to see what the 25 rankings look like. Like, it's so early. Is OU the number one class? They're not. They're number five, and I and I looked over at twenty five on twenty four seven composite, and I about passed out. I'm like, Georgia already has four five stars committed for twenty twenty five. Are you serious? I know Georgia's rolling right now. They're the best thing going in college football at this point. They've got a great twenty four class. I look at twenty five. They already have four five stars in that class too. Three of them from the state of Georgia. It's like, geez, these guys aren't slowing down anytime soon, especially because no, it feels like they're going to get Dylan Riola in this cycle as well. Yeah, Georgia is on another level right now. Georgia and Alabama are head and shoulders above the rest of college football, and 
Ohio State's trying to join them on that tier. Clemson's trying to join them on that tier. There are a number of programs that are just off the pedestal. You can throw Michigan in there with the success that they've had the couple uh, last couple of years. But right now it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and it is everybody else beyond that. Uh, 580, can you elaborate on what type of baseball player OU will be getting in Grayson Harris? Yeah, speed. A lot of speed. Loves to steal bases. He's an outfielder, center fielder by trade. Uh, more of a contact hitter than a power guy, but I would say t- your typical leadoff hitter in that he's going to get on base and he's going to make stuff he's going to make a stuff happen on the base pass with his legs. Uh, Four oh five. Congrats on all the new sponsors, guys. It must be a breast of fresh air around there. Oh, here's my favorite. Nice. Knipples out for the steel man. <laughs> How many times have uh, we said Knipplemeyer Chevrolet on this uh, radio station? They're the getting past some two good days? pub, man. This was a good idea on their Great part. Great idea by them. Could you imagine giving this sponsorship away if you had it before? Like, oh my gosh. With as many times as we said Knipplemeyer Chevrolet here recently, uh, I would say about easily over 100 times in the past two days. And I've still got like three and a half more hours on the airways. I may say it 30 times before I get out of here. Yeah, congratulations to Knipplemeyer Chevrolet. And again, we appreciate them uh, coming on board for the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. Jaden Davis to Miami via the portal. Yep. He's going back home. Good for him, man. Good for him. Um, he was obviously a guy that was going to have a tough time seeing the field in a starting role this year. So he goes to the U. He goes to a Power 5 school. I don't know how much excitement there is down in Coral Gables, that they're going to be a lot better this year. But um, I'm going to guess he's not going to Miami without the thought that he's not going to be an immediate contributor. So good, good for him. And honestly, out of all of the uh, out of all the players that have left the program this offseason, Jaden Davis probably ends up in the most notable spot with, with Miami, right? Certainly. David Ifwebu, like maybe Houston will be better than Miami this year. I don't know. But Miami's the biggest like name brand that another player has ended up at. Jaden Davis was a pretty hot commodity when he hit the portal, which you'd expect for a guy that had starting experience across four different seasons in an Oklahoma uniform. So he's going to be the starting nickel at Miami, and he got some good coin to do it. 817, can't wait to see what the text line looks like when it's 32 degrees outside. Oh, boy. (laughs) We were talking in the office today. Uh, about all the jokes that we got yesterday, and there was a thought of, yeah, I think uh, some of that will die down here moving forward. I don't think it will. Not At least not today, and maybe not this week. That'll continue to be a thing. Listen, people have <laughs> been rolling with the Parker's Balls joke for over a year now, so <laughs> trust me. Yeah. This yeah. is not going to abate. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet uh, text line. Ian Boyd continues to be a troll when it comes to OU. I wish Ian mm. Boyd would shut the hell up. Ooh, really? Huh, do tell. I just, no, no, I, I'm speaking you for everyone. A, you just think he's I'm a troll. I'm speaking for everyone. Texas fans don't even like Ian Boyd because he's a propagandist. That's all he is. Why is he taking time out of his day in the month of May? To write an expose on why Oklahoma is going to struggle as they transition to the SEC under the direction of Brent Venables. You're supposed to be a Texas insider. And you're going out of your way to write articles on Oklahoma and how you don't believe that they're going to be as good as they have been in the past once they get to the SEC. Guess what? It's the same shtick that we've heard every offseason for as long as— I you were going to say shtick there, but okay, you saved it. 
<laughs> I, I really, I thought Parker, I'd never heard him cuss before, and it's about he's, to happen here. No, he's got this same shtick every mm-hmm. offseason, and it's been this way as long as he has been credentialed as a journalist. Every offseason, it's watch out for Texas. They're building something special down on the 40 acres. In Oklahoma, they're going to have a tough road ahead of them if they're going to maintain the stability that they've been able to maintain in years past. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool take there, Ian. That was his whole take is that, well, OU's dominated the Big 12, and they're going to have, have a hard time doing that in the best conference in college football. Did I basically just sum it up there, what his whole take was? OU's been awesome in the Big 12. They dominated. Texas has stunk for the past 10-plus years, and OU's going to have a hard time winning that many conference championships in the SEC because it's a much tougher league. Is, is that it? Is, is that do I so I don't even have to subscribe to uh, on three inside Texas whatever he's on that's basically what he was saying great take there Ian I might take a little bit of a look in the mirror though if I were you um, yes How, it would be a challenge for OU in the SEC it'll also be a big challenge for Texas in the SEC as well but how many years in a row has Ian Boyd said Texas is going to step up and contend for the conference title this year and Oklahoma is going to fall how many years um since 2010 so what is that I guess 13 full seasons is that do I have those numbers right 13 14 full seasons whatever it is just like 10 plus years it, it, it's a microcosm of the narrative that comes out of the Austin media market every single offseason because every single offseason, oh boy, here comes Texas. Here comes Texas. Watch your backs. Texas is back, folks. And every year, we're looking in the rearview mirror, and it's another six, seven, eight win season for Texas. Uh, 405 says, sounds like he must be friends with the idiot who said OU softball won't be the big bad OU of the past, morons. It does feel like a lot of social media takes – Hot takes are uh, thrown at OU more than previous years, or am I just uh, or am I just dreaming that up? You've got uh, Jen Schroeder talk, saying that about OU softball, Ian Boyd basically every single year, uh, Greg McElroy saying that he doesn't like the idea of OU having Heisman Park, and then several others as well. Barstool has one every other day, essentially. I, I don't know. It's just uh, – OU fans are rowdy, so maybe that's why. They're just looking for the interaction. But it does feel like it's all, all the hot takes are coming to OU's direction from everywhere. Every, every outlet has the same idea these days. Let's just say something dumb about OU and see if they go crazy about it. I'm going to bite my tongue before I say anything else disparaging about Ian Boyd, even though I really want to. You said half of a cuss word earlier, which is <laughs> half more than I've ever heard you say before. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot to get to on the recruiting front, an in-state target for OU. Just got a really impressive offer. We'll tell you who that is and what that means coming up next, right here on The Ref. Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your life. Encore! Tell you my sins so you can sharpen your knife. God, Teddy. Yeah, we used to do the uh, top five at five like six years ago on the show, and uh, yeah, that was that was one of them. Take me to church. Fascinating. Thank you. Thank you, Teddy. I think you finished second in the refs got talent behind Mike Steely. 
But some are saying, yeah, it's like nuclear war. I don't think any of us win. <laughs> After playing <laughs> Mike Steely, Ted Lehman, and James Hale uh, singing earlier about 20 minutes ago. Well, yeah, what a, what a surprise. Ref Army listening nationwide today via the free Ref app. Atlanta, Georgia is uh, tuned in. Cary, North Carolina is tuned in. Bakersfield, California. Help me out with this one. Albia, Iowa, Albia, Iowa. Spell it. A-L-B-I-A. I would assume so. I don't know. That's, yeah. Iowa is the dark side. So. Okay. Butte, Montana, and then College Station, Texas. Boo! Small Oklahoma town of the day is uh, Newkirk, Oklahoma. Again, download the official Ref app. Just search K-R-E-F. Brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in, a- oh, in OKC and on Main Street in Norman. Shop K&N for all your home furnishing and design needs, offering both new and custom furniture. The original one-stop shop. Xavier Robinson, in-state running back. Um, OU lean, but he got a Notre Dame offer yesterday. That's a nice offer for him. Sounds like there's some legit interest from Xavier Robinson in that Notre Dame offer. What does this mean for the timeline? Because initially he was supposed to announce, what, a week from tomorrow? Yeah, that was never. That's getting pushed back. Um, Where do things stand now after this offer? I think he will probably end up official visiting Notre Dame. Like I think he does take an OV there, and it does sound, at least initially, like there is a lot of interest in Notre Dame. He's going to take OVs with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. But here's the deal, man. For an in-state kid with in-state lines, the Oklahoma offer is a feather in your cap for sure. But... Once a school like Notre Dame comes in with an offer, generally there are going to be a few more big ones not far behind. Sure. And so I think this probably pushes back the timeline more than people realize for Xavier Robinson just because I don't think the Notre Dame offer is the last big feather-in-your-cap offer that comes his way. And there and there's something to wanting to hang around for like like I and I think what you're kind of saying is OU still may be the pick here, but yeah. hang out and see what other offers you can get. I mean, because if you think about it in his like in his regard, like there's no rush to necessarily commit. Like, is his offer always going to be there? Is OU really going to rush him to commit at any point? Um, I, I I don't know. I, I may, maybe not. Um, if it gets to that point, then maybe he'll just go ahead and commit on the spot, but. As of right now, it feels like his place is pretty secure. At least his offer is pretty secure with OU. Would you, I mean, is that you think that's fair to say? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and OU is still the favorite there until further notice. Let's see what happens post Notre Dame, because if other schools start to catch wind of the fact that okay, Notre Dame offered that kid in Oklahoma's backyard, if they think we they can get him, then maybe we can go get him too. Well, then word gets around and. Maybe you see three, four more big-time schools throwing off for Xavier Robinson's way because he is a special player, man. And you flip on the tape, it's not difficult to see why he is so highly regarded regionally, and I think he will eventually be nationally regarded as well because there are not a whole lot of guys across the country that can move and that can run at Xavier Robinson's size the way that he does. You read that top one there. I don't know if I can make it through without laughing. <laughs> Workshopping some NIL opportunities for Knippelmeyer. Dylan Air Riola has a nice <laughs> ring to it. Uh, if Knippelmeyer wants to put that NIL package together, 
I will put in my, my new crystal ball, my new forecast for uh, Dylan Riola to owe you. That is, that is well done. Nice job. Uh, hearing Parker almost cuss has me ready to go fight in a nuclear war, says the 501. I love that. Jay from Medill, ladies clinic tickets on sale today. If you get any, be my sponsor again, Tyler, and I'll get that KREF tattoo. I need to ask uh, Zoo Lossman up there if uh, she's going to give the ref some uh, ladies clinic tickets to give away like she did last year, which was uh, really, really cool and very, very popular. That is a really, really cool event, and yeah, those tickets are on sale. If you didn't go to it last year, uh, there was rave reviews a year ago for year one, so I'm sure it's gonna be, I'm sure it's gonna be even better this year. Is the draw? Is there drama today in the nine one eight over this Caden Jones stuff? Is there drama? Kiwan son um, transferring from Broken Arrow to Jinx. I mean, playing high school football where pops played high school football. Kids transfer up in the nine one eight all the time, and you said it. Kiwan played at Jinx. Caden's going to play at Jenks too. It makes sense on paper. The only weird thing to me was you had a whole edit. You had a high school transfer edit. A high school transfer commitment edit. We just have edits for everything these days? Yes, yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, don't 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 expect that to change anytime soon. I almost did Mike not put out an edit for when he was going to sing earlier today? And you guys talked about it for 45 minutes. He had plenty of time to put out an edit to say that he was actually going to do it. Uh, yeah, Caden Jones, Kiwan Jones' son, who will be a sophomore this year. And by the way, he's a really good running back. He, he's, he's a really good running back. Going to be a really good running back at the prep level, uh, transferring from B.A. to Jinx. So that's interesting. Angry Ronnie says, we ever going to get defensive recruits? Feels like Lincoln Riley ETA 2.0 with all these offensive wide receivers and quarterbacks. Okay. Did 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 Ronnie? Did you not look at last year's recruiting class? By I mean, did you look at it by chance? They got a five star edge. They got a five star safety. One of those made an incredible play in the spring game and has a chance to play a lot of football this year. They got uh, <laughs> one they of got those a- guys made such an incredible play in the spring game that the OU staff went into. The- post-spring meetings with two of their other safeties and said, you know what, you can go. Yeah. Uh, it, it, one is a linebacker from the state of Florida where the head coach thinks he was the best player in the state of Florida a year ago. Yeah, Ronnie, they're, they're getting defensive recruits. They're actually doing a uh, much, much, much better job of getting defensive recruits than they were two years ago. And you know what? I think there's a chance that this year's defensive class – is better than last year's defensive class in terms of rating. Are they going to get a Peyton Bowen? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But overall, top to bottom defensively, it'll have a chance to be as good, if not better. By the way, Ronnie Crimson wants us to know, let it be known that angry Ronnie is not the same guy as Ronnie Crimson. Yeah, yeah, we we need to. uh, Because Ronnie Crimson, he's trying to recruit those elite defensive players, and he's one for one so far. CD Not the from, same guy. CD from Hockley says, still waiting on my edit before I transfer over to OU Insider on Rivals. Did you uh, did you make an edit for that, by the way? No, that I whole did not. announcement? No, I did not. I put out a notes app. You know, I screenshotted a notes app thing like so many people do when they have an announcement because you can only fit so many characters on Twitter. I put out a little, like, notes app screenshot to let people know I was making the move. And somebody got in my replies and was like, seriously, you're acting like a recruit over a new job? Why not just tweet, I'm going from 24-7 to Rivals? Why bother posting a screenshot? I'm like, Recruits are far from the only people that do that. 
Uh, if you have something that you can't fit in 240 characters, you use a notes app screenshot. For the 405, what are the running backs is OU looking at besides Xavier Robinson? So we got Caden Durham, of course. I are, are they are are they back in with Stacy Gage? Like what's what's the situation there? Because I wrote that one off a couple of months ago. Um sounds like he likes to play the game a little bit. Is that any more of a realistic possibility than it was two, three months ago? Where, Let's that at? see Stacy Gage schedule in Oviedo, Oklahoma, before we start to take anything seriously. I will say this, and I've been talking about it for a few weeks. My confidence steadily increases. I think Oklahoma's poised to be a big player for Taylor Tatum here down the stretch. Taylor Tatum and OU... It, it looked for a while like they had kind of gone their separate ways, perhaps prioritized elsewhere. But now he's right back in the thick of it. He's scheduled his official to Oklahoma for the champion barbecue weekend. And he's the highest ranked target on Oklahoma's board right now when you look at the 24-7 sports composite. Yeah, so what, he's the number two ranked running back in this class? Uh, at a Longview, Texas, and he's got some crystal balls into Michigan right now, but you think there's a chance that OU can uh, maybe already has turned the tide on that mm-hmm. recruitment. Mm-hmm. OU, Michigan, USC. That is the top tier in my eyes. And I think Oklahoma is going to make some noise in that recruitment over the next couple Number of months. Number 33 player overall in the 24-7 composite ranking. So this guy is um, – That boy good. Yeah, and, and here's the thing about running back, too, is, you know, we saw last year with quarterbacks, I guess there's only two this year, it almost feels like it's harder for running backs to get to that five-star territory. Maybe that's just a, a recency thing, but quarterbacks for a five-star maybe a little bit more tougher to get to. Like, there's only one five-star running back right now in the 24-7 composite rankings, and that's Jarrett Gibson. And he's the guy that DeMarco doesn't want. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe Taylor Tatum could get to that by the end of the cycle. I don't think that that would be too shocking. But Taylor Tatum is at two. Uh, we talk about Caden Durham at ten. So is there a world where OU could get two top ten running backs? Maybe it's not likely, but they're in on two top ten running backs right now is what it sounds like to me. And I would venture a guess that the guys DeMarco Murray is actually pushing for are guys that he regards as top ten running backs in the class. Sure. DeMarco Murray doesn't care what the recruiting rankings say. He's going after the guys that he wants. And somebody asked what's up with Tavani Mizell on the text line. Well, let me put it this way. OU's got the bird in the hand. They're going after the two in the bush. Tavani Mizell is the bird in the hand. If they want to take him, he'll be a sooner. Yeah, what he decommitted from Georgia, what, over a month ago now, I guess? Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text. Man, we still got a whole lot of recruiting, a whole lot of portal to get to. We'll do that on the other side right here on The Ref. Locked in with McCombs and Thune, live on The Ref for the homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Hey, what kind of recruiting pitch do you think it would be, Parker, if a head coach could go to a prospect and say, hey, There was a time last year where we played a game in a football stadium and over 800, or excuse me, over 80,000 people showed up for it. You think that'd be a strong recruiting pitch for Patty Gasso out there on the recruiting trail if she was able to say, hey, we played a game in a football stadium one time and we sold out an 83, 84,000 seat stadium? I mean, if you need 
any additional incentive to come <laughs> play softball for Oklahoma yeah. or for Patty Gasso at Oklahoma, then yes, I suppose they're doing do just it. fine right now. Yeah, but you throw that in there, and uh, they'd be they'd be even tougher. I love this text from the nine one eight Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line. I'm getting married in June. Any chance I could book uh, Steely? <laughs> Steely is now being uh, courted for uh, appearances to sing as a wedding singer. I hope that I hope that happens for them or happens for him. Four oh two. Where does OU stand on linebackers? Long shot for Sammy Brown. I think Braden Platt has a higher ceiling than Peyton Pierce does. Braden Platt, four star backer out of Washington. Peyton Pierce, four star backer out of Texas, who committed to Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, things looking nice right now between Oklahoma and Braden Platt. Obviously, a long way to go in that one, but. With the progress that Oklahoma made in terms of recruiting the Evergreen State last fall, I it wouldn't be the most shocking thing if the Sooners went up to Washington and got another blue-chip kid in Braden Platt. And with Peyton Pierce off the board and Sammy Brown more than likely going to Clemson or Georgia, even though he is going to official to Oklahoma on June 16th, it feels like Jordan Lockhart and Braden Platt are probably the two guys at the linebacker position with the highest odds of being in Oklahoma's class. By the way, um, prayers up and, and glad everything's okay with Heath Ozida, incoming freshman offensive lineman for OU. He tweeted out earlier this afternoon, just a couple of hours ago, I don't know if it was a single car accident, but he tweeted out a picture of his truck and he was in a pretty bad wreck. And he said, thankful to be alive. Made it out with no serious injuries and just a couple scratches. I just feel incredibly lucky to be here. Thank you to everyone who has reached out to me. It means a lot. That was a, uh, that was a very scary situation earlier today. But glad, uh, glad Heath Ozide is okay. That, that, uh, that, that wreck did not look good. No, it did not. Airbags, the works. So he said he made it out with just a few scratches. About the best case scenario. Obviously, he'll need a new truck, but maybe Knipple Meyer Chevrolet can help hey, him out. There with you that. go. You like there that? There you go. The nip giving some good natured aid to destroyer of chairs, Heath Ozida. Yeah, I, I think maybe he can destroy another chair uh, on a on a commercial for Knipple Meyer Chevrolet. He's done it once for us. I think that would be a great commercial spot for, for Heath. So, I don't know. Maybe we can get the two in touch. We'll see. Peyton says, I was at a wedding last summer in Manhattan where they hired the K-State basketball PA announcer, and he announced to everyone like they were the starting five. It was actually super cool. With that said, Tyler, can I hire you to announce my wedding lineup? Is the K-State PA guy that says, Marcus Foster! Four! And everyone yells three really loud. I think that that's who that guy is. Um, I think K-State fans like him quite a bit. Kobe Black, says a texture in the 918. Kobe Black, Sammy Brown, Edric Houston, Dominic McKinley, Aiden Breeland. Uh, one of those five, who does OU have the best chance to get? Out of those five, Dominic McKinley. Right now, Dominic McKinley is about the only one of those five that I think OU has a legit yeah. shot at. Kobe Black, elite corner out of Waco. That one's going to be tough. Sammy Brown, elite linebacker. What, he's out of the state of Georgia, correct? Yep. Clemson probably still leads there. Edrick Houston, Georgia probably still leads there, right? Elite defensive lineman. That's probably, yeah, that's probably right. I mean, any of those top three names you listed, I think you would consider a pretty big upset at this point if OU were able to land any of the three and a huge win for OU if they were able to do so. 
Yeah, Kobe Black and Sammy Brown, I mean, they're going to OV, so maybe you make a run there, but OU was early to the table on Dominic McKinley. They just offered his younger brother last night, so it feels like if there is one of those five that they make a serious run at, it's probably going to be McKinley. Just another guy on the interior defensive line, another elite guy on the interior defensive line that's OV and with Oklahoma and Todd Bates, Tyler. Uh, yeah, but recruiting Doomer 1 and recruiting Doomer 2 are about to appear on the text line any moment, I'm sure of it. Uh, OU offered a Louisiana transfer, defensive back Trey Amos, yep. correct? Hmm. Yeah, they've been in the market for an additional defensive back. Which, I mean, you lost three to the portal. So, makes sense that you'd at least add one experienced guy at cornerback, just in case. And... When you look at the offers that they've made, it's pretty clear all that OU's wanting is a one-year rental. Somebody that can come in, play immediately if need be, and then not take up a scholarship at this time next year. Does Knipplemeyer Chevrolet have a mascot, asked Sooner Gundy. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, the text line is kind of the mascot right now, right? But if we want to come up with something else, uh, I think we can probably figure that out. Text line for sure can figure that out. More uh, predictions for Trajan Bridges to land up at Utah. Yep. And that one just kind of seems like that one's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know when his timetable is to announce, but kind of feels like Trajan Bridges will be playing Power 5 football next year, and it kind of feels like he's going to be catching passes from Cam Rising, which is crazy. And it kind of feels like he's going to be playing against Lincoln Riley and USC next year. Hey, good for Trajan, man. I will never begrudge anybody who gets a second chance and stewards it well. So that's my hope for Trajan Bridges is that he's gotten his life back on track and obviously he ran out of chances at the University of Oklahoma, but I hope Utah can provide a fresh start, a clean slate for him, and that he can be the wide receiver that everybody realized he could be at the University of Oklahoma if he'd just been able to keep his head screwed on straight. Uh, Cooper Alexander in Washington got a Stanford offer, tight end, OU legacy. I know there's some crystal balls in for Cooper to Iowa State, which I don't feel great about another tight end getting out of the, the Norman area to go to Iowa State. But if you get Devon Mitchell. For, I'll be happy with it, yes, but I guess you won't have to play Iowa State anymore so you don't worry about it necessarily, but... You know, my uh, be awesome if they could find a way to get uh, Cooper Alexander. You get uh, war flashbacks to Charlie Kohler on Bookie. <sighs> I don't know why you had to mention that. We were having a good day till you till you mentioned that. Nate Roberts gets an Oregon offer. Kennedy er- Kennedy Erlacher to Notre Dame, three star defensive back. Uh, there's been a there's there's been a lot of a uh, lot of movement today. Nigel Smith, who we think OU still leads for, he's got a top eight incoming. And every time we talk about Nigel Smith from Melissa, Texas, we say, yeah, four-star defensive lineman. He was at OU spring game over a year ago. He was at OU spring game two weeks ago. Like, it just feels like OU is, has always been kind of the move for him. Who, who is really OU competing for, though, for four-star D lineman uh, Nigel Smith out of Melissa, Texas? Ohio State and Penn State. Those look like the two right now. Feels like OU, Ohio State, and Penn State – are going to be the three teams that make the final short list. And I think, I believe his plan is to release a final four when it's all said and done. His plan has been for some time now to cut to, well, his, he initially cut to 16. He's about to cut to eight. And then he plans to do a top four or five, is what he told me, depending on how things shake out. Cole in Kansas City, anything new with uh, Boganowski? Michael Boganowski. He's still currently, what, a th- is he still a three star? 
I don't know if he's 24-7 composite. He as is a still star, a three-star for the moment. That but I, I think he's rated as the top player in Kansas, though, currently, correct? At least by one service? Yeah, let me just – I'll say this much. The OU staff does not see Michael Boganowski as a three-star. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. They love that kid. Obviously, OU offers three stars without question. That's something that will happen. But the OU staff is high enough on Michael Boganowski that they're not treating him like just – an average three-star. I'm concerned that RSJ and Jaden Rowe might get lost in the shuffle. Perhaps RSJ gets his shot next year after Pearson and Key Lawrence leave and maybe Bowman. Not sure about Jaden Rowe. Yeah, I I, I still think Jaden Rowe and RSJ got a chance to do something by the end of their career. It's still so early on for those guys, man. It really is. They're just going into year two, and RSJ just underwent shoulder surgery. The timetable is kind of yet to be determined on that hopefully he's ready by the time the season kicks off, but that's not a guarantee. So I will say this, his injury does not do him any favors when Peyton Bowen is already flashing the way that he is flashing. And it's Billy Bowman and it's Reggie Pearson atop the depth chart at safety right now. But there is a good chance both those guys are gone after next year. At that point... If you have RSJ and Peyton Bowen as your starting safeties, I don't think anybody's going to yeah. quibble with that. If you're looking at it with no bias, and uh, was that a texter from the 918? Uh, no, it wasn't. But if you're looking at it with no bias, just as just as an OU fan who wants what's the best for the program, it's not necessarily a terrible thing if two you know players that the staff likes get lost in the shuffle because the players in front of them are really good. I know I'm stating the obvious a little bit here, but I just don't know if that was going to be the case three or four years ago. The point is, they're building up some real depth in the secondary right now. Out of they nowhere. They did a great job. Out of nowhere, Angry Ronnie said, Joe John ain't it. Yeah. You know what, Angry he, Ronnie? You, he, need to, you need to be less angry. I think Angry Ronnie's just trying to rile up the airwaves a little bit. Which, on some days, I don't hate. 405-651-3439, Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. More of your text, more college football next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. I forgot to tell you this, uh, because the text lines had fun with the newest sponsorship today. And I think everyone's excited about Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet being the sponsor of the text line. I am, you am, everyone is. But we had some fun texts yesterday. We had one that said um, we have a new recruiting ranking now via the text line. If you're a unanimous five star, you get a double D ranking now. That's how oh we're. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been laughing about that for about a day straight now. There was some. There was some good ones yesterday. Uh, more portal news. Former A and M center Matthew Wyckoff has committed to Cal. He was an SEC all-freshman last year. I think the uh, what the guy in front of him got hurt, he played, was pretty good, entered in the portal because he wasn't going to be the starter. Yeah, I guess Cal's just a spot that he was definitely going to be a starter at. So, yeah, I, I, I would not have picked Cal either, but there there you go. That's, that's, that's the latest on Matthew Wyckoff, one of the more – well-known names that was in the uh, was in the portal. Hey, I'll just I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular take in the state of Oklahoma, round these parts, Uh-oh, as it we were. Go. But <laughs> I'm not out on the West Coast often. But when I am, being on Pacific time is fun, man. Especially in the fall, because football starts at ten in the morning, and it's all wrapped up by ten in the evening, so you can go to bed at a reasonable hour. 
Yeah, that is going to be very unpopular. You're right about that. Extremely unpopular. Some people already said that you uh, pulled a mule shoe on, on Sunday night. God knows what they're going to say next on the Knipplemeyer text line. Someone was wanting me to sing karaoke in a Mac Brown voice. Um, <laughs> I guess the question is, what would Mac Brown's karaoke song be? Would it be Best of You by Foo Fighters? Bob Stoops getting the best of me. I, I, I don't know what Mac Brown's uh, karaoke song would be. But Best of You by Foo Fighters is probably a pretty good place to start. You know what? You're lucky that you said that two minutes before you're getting out of here today. If you would have said that at the front of the show today... You would have gotten peer pressured into doing it. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying what you just said about the West Coast. Oh. Yeah. uh, The show would have taken a dramatic turn. Go back to Nebraska. Hey, Nebraska is still in the central time zone. Is that supposed to be a diss? (laughs) Yes, I think it is. Uh, 24-7 had OU... At number 20 on its post-spring rankings. Too high, too low, dead on balls accurate. I'd say that's pretty dead on balls accurate. Now, when you look at the schedule this year, I think expecting Oklahoma to finish in the top 20 is reasonable because we've long talked about the fact that that schedule is conducive to at least nine wins. And if you win nine games in the regular season, you're a national top 20 team by most anyone's standards. So... Yeah, I would say at least as far as initial expectations are concerned, I'm okay with that. Is it a crap take if you say, yeah, that's fair, but if they finish 20 at the end of the year, I'm going to be really pissed about it. Why is that? Why? With the schedule, like what you just said, I expect them to be ranked higher than number 20 okay, at the end of the regular season. They also just went 6-7 and seven last year. So, I, But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not totally... Saying, I'm not saying baby steps. I'm just saying I'm incremental saying improvement. Steps. I am incremental not... Incremental improvement. I am not forgetting... What the expectations are around here. Yes, it was a bad year, but at least 10 wins. And if you're at least 10-2, and two, surely you'd be ranked higher than number 20. Bob Stoops coming up at 320. By the way, we'll talk about his XFL South Championship and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref.